You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. They kept it a secret. You see, Joe and Nick were afraid of persecution, isolation, rejection. They were afraid of losing their reputation, losing their friends. They were afraid of possibly losing their lives. After all, Jesus was public enemy number one. There are some people who keep Jesus on the DL for fear of becoming a loser. You, like most people, may have some kind of guilty pleasure that you don't tell many people about because you might be afraid of what others will think. Maybe you're unsure of what they'll say or do. Maybe you're just embarrassed. Nicodemus and Joseph can both relate. In today's teaching, Pastor Dion tells us about how for a time, these two members of the Sanhedrin secretly believed that Jesus was the Son of God, but were too afraid to openly follow him. At some point though, they, like you, had to make a stand. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 23 and 24, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. John chapter 19, verse 38, it says this, After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, everybody say it, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, that's the first Nick at night program that happened, he came to Jesus by night, he also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, around a hundred pounds, and then they took the body of Jesus, bound it with strips of linen, when with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury their dead. So both Joe and Nick had come to believe in Jesus as Messiah. They're both religious leaders, but they had both come to believe Jesus as Messiah, but they kept their faith a secret. Everybody say that word out loud or what? A secret. Go ahead and go like this to your neighbor. They kept it a secret. You see, Joe and Nick were afraid of persecution, isolation, rejection. They were afraid of losing their job, losing their reputation, losing their friends. They were afraid of possibly losing their lives. After all, Jesus was public enemy number one. There are some people who keep Jesus on the DL for fear of becoming a loser. Keeping Jesus on the down low. See, they fear that their identification or affiliation with Jesus will cost them. Will cost them a relationship. I'm going to tell him that I am a believer, but I want to wait for the relationship to mature a little bit. I want to tell her that I am a Christian, but I, I don't want her to think differently or see me differently. I want to tell my boss that I'm a Christian, but I'm going to do it Eventually, they fear their identification or affiliation will cost them a relationship, a position, a reputation. 
an opportunity. They fear it will cost them some kind of privilege. So they keep their relationship with Jesus on the low, low. Everybody said on the what? On the low, low. Listen, no one wants to be a backroom affair. I'm going to say it again. No one wants to be a backroom affair. We all crave to be acknowledged, to be recognized, to be introduced. And so does Jesus. He doesn't want to be a backroom affair. In fact, Jesus Himself said it like this in one of His teachings. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Everyone who acknowledges Me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before My Father in heaven. But everyone who denies Me here on earth, I will also deny before My Father in heaven. Jesus was about to be taken out with the trash. And that's when Joseph and Nicodemus claimed Jesus. They took ownership of their faith. Everybody said out loud, they finally owned it. They finally owned it. They had it on the down low. Keep it on the low low. Don't want to upset any of our friends. Don't want to drain any of those relationships. I don't want to be the next guy on the cross. Keep it on the low low. They had done that. But now they owned it. It was almost too late. But thank God they swallowed their pride and they tanked their reputations. Thank God they did because Jesus' own disciples, I mean, they abandoned Jesus like that. I mean, Jesus' disciples, they left Him like a fart at a party. You know what I'm saying? They just they moved out of sight in a hurry not to be noticed. At some stage in our lives, there will be a defining moment where we will be challenged to own our faith, to speak up and confess, to peel off the cowardice and shine. At one point in our life, at some point, there's going to be that defining moment to shine. Everybody said to what? To shine. Jesus encouraged us like this. He said, let your light so everybody shine. Don't keep it under a bushel, but on a lampstand so everyone can see it. I'm reminded, and I tell the story, the first defining moment for me, I was in high school. And I wanted to be a good witness for Christ. And I was taking my Bible so I could read it at school. But I didn't want anybody to see it, so I made sure that it had a really nice book cover on it. And when I put it in my desk, I would tuck it far behind so it would not even be identified as, you know, what kind of book is that? And I, there was that defining moment as I was feeling the tension of the Holy Spirit. I was keeping Jesus. He was a backroom affair. And I finally just got the courage by the power of the Holy Spirit, because that's what He does. I tore that book cover off, and from then on I started not just walking around with it, but I made sure to put my book inside the desk so that everyone could see the spine that it's an amplified Bible. And then, now wait a minute, and it opened up so many doors of opportunity. Why, why, why are you carrying that Bible here at school? Well, let me tell you why. This is the hope of my faith. 
opened so many opportunities. That was a defining moment for me. Every single one of you will have a defining moment where you will stand and say, confessing your faith, identifying with Christ, holding on to His values. That's what Joseph and Nicodemus did. They pulled that smoldering wick out from under the covers and they let it shine. Everybody say, finally! But they let it shine. I don't know what ramifications Joseph and Nicodemus faced standing up and claiming Jesus. I don't know if they were unfriended on Facebook. I don't know if they were excommunicated from the church. I don't know if they were shunned socially or fired from their jobs. But I do know that Jesus turned whatever sorrow they did experience into joy. He did turn whatever ashes became of their commitment and promotion, whatever ashes came out of that, I know He turned them into beauty. Because Jesus promised it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, here's what Jesus said. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Woo! So it's promised. Isn't that exciting? But again, wait. How do we know that Jesus will make good on His promise to turn our persecution into reward? How do we know? Everybody say, hmm, another good question. Joseph and Nicodemus took Jesus' body down from the cross. And they mummified His body. You see, they learned that back in Egypt during the time of Moses. The Jews learned that's how they dealt with their dead. They learned mummification from the Egyptians. And it had been carried down throughout all the centuries and through all of the generations. And so, this was the process that they did. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus pulled Jesus' body down. He wasn't carted off over to the landfill. They wrapped His body. Joe had a, a roll of linen cloth and, and supplied the brand new garden tomb. It was probably his own. You know, he was a wealthy man and he had it you know, dug out uh, for himself and nobody had laid in it because you know, he's still alive and he would eventually be his, but he gave it to Jesus. And Nicodemus supplied a hundred pounds, a hundred pound barrel of myrrh, that's the resin used to saturate the strips of linen, and together they wrapped Jesus' body and put him in the grave. Now Luke said earlier in the passage that the women watched from a distance. And this is no surprise, but the women noticed that the guys did it wrong. Because women have great... They, they see things, right? They see all the detail. Women see everything. They saw that the guys hadn't put enough spices. There are not enough spices. He's going to stink. Jesus should not stink. Right? They did it wrong. Because women see everything. How many of you women say amen to that, right? Kind of like the woman standing in front of the mirror complaining to her husband saying, I'm looking so old. My face is wrinkled. I've gained so much weight. My legs are fat. My arms are flabby. She looks at her husband and says, tell me something to make me feel better about myself. 
And he said, your vision's good. <laughs> Women see everything, I tell you. The ladies had perfect vision. But they didn't badger the guys because the guys missed it. They simply made a mental note of where they laid Jesus with the intention of returning after the holiday to finish the job correctly. But while they were there, through tear-filled eyes, the women watched the men seal the tomb. You know, death always seems so final. We've all attended a graveside funeral service of someone we love. We've watched as the casket or the urn was lowered into the cold, dark ground. Some of us may have grabbed a handful of dirt and felt it sift through our hands and heard it scatter along the top of the casket. We've watched as pallbearers shovel to finish the interment. We understand what everyone at Jesus' tomb felt. The waves of emotion, loss, heartbreak, sorrow, grief, anger, confusion, hopelessness. The finality. It's over. He's gone. And that's where chapter 23 ends. But there's one more chapter. Look at your neighbor and say, there's one more chapter. Everybody shout it out loud. What? Sunday is coming. Say it. Sunday is coming. I like it. Let's read it. Chapter 24, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which the guys had forgotten. No, the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. At sunrise on Sunday morning, Jesus resurrected from the dead. He rolled the stone away not so he could get out, but so that you could see that the tomb was empty. So that we from the outside could see that he's gone. He's alive. And guys, this is the answer to all those questions you've been having earlier. You see, Jesus' resurrection is the proof that he will fulfill his promises. A dead Savior can't fulfill a promise. But a living one? Ha ha ha! Look at your neighbor and say, a living one? A living one can! So, listen. Jesus' resurrection is the proof that He will fulfill His promises. You see, Jesus resurrected from the dead and is working to see every one of His promises fulfilled. Your salvation 
your justification, your sanctification, and your glorification. Do you guys get that? Jesus resurrected from the dead to make sure that your salvation, the promise of salvation, would happen. That you would be justified just as if you never sinned. He rose to make sure that happened. He rose to make sure that you are sanctified. What does that big word mean? Becoming like Christ as you go day by day. He made sure to resurrect from the dead to see you come to the fullness of Christ. Isn't that awesome, guys? And He rose from the dead for your glorification. So that when you die, you are not going to stay dead, but you will be risen along as He was and be passed into the heavens. Isn't that awesome, guys? He resurrected to make sure every single one of those things would happen just for you. Look at your neighbor and say, just for me! It is so cool. Isaiah 53, verse 8, I started with what he had mentioned and I left the last miracle out. And here it is, Isaiah 53, 8, verse 12. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. Crucified like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Father's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. And when he sees all that he has accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. The final miracle, the final miracle is that he will come alive and that he will watch many descendants come to his kingdom. He will watch many descendants come to him and be part of his family. He will watch many of those things. Isn't that awesome, guys? Because he's talking about you. 800 years before Christ and you were on God's mind. Jesus miraculously arose to make sure that you get your miracle. Salvation, justification, just as if you'd never sinned. Glorification, so when that day comes that you cross this threshold into the next life, a place has been prepared for you. Alright? But Pastor Dion, what about all those things in between? This stretch of life called sanctification while we're here on earth. Well, yeah, he resurrected to make sure all of his promises come to pass then also. All right? right everybody say right now. What promises are there? Kind of like the promise that says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? He will guide you by His right hand. The good work which He began in you, He will continue to perform it until He comes back. Huh? 
He resurrected to make sure all those promises during this period of our life would also come to pass. So let me hear some of the promises that you're hanging on to. Let me hear them. What are they? Hope. Healing. Faith. Love. A new creation. Yeah? Who needs a new creation, huh? What else? What else? Charity. Charity? Is developing love on the inside? What else? Completion. You're going to be made complete in Christ. You're becoming more like Christ. Sometimes we struggle with it. We think, oh, but listen, it's not all about you. He is doing the work. You've got to just yield. Everybody say it. Yield. Just let it happen. Obey and walk in it. What else? Forgiveness. Restoration. Joy. A seat at the table when we get there, but right here, when we're talking about right here, think about it. How about this one? That He will make you more than conquerors through Him that loves you. He said, nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Angels, principalities, powers, death, nothing will separate us from His love. Nothing. Everybody say, nothing. It's with me 24-7. It will be with me and it will make me more than a God. How about, but my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. Right? He resurrected to make sure that all those promises come to pass for you. A dead Savior wouldn't be able to pull that off. But a living one who has ascended to the seat of highest power, he has his eye and affection on you. So be sure you don't make him a backroom affair, all right? Because I tell you what, when you don't, he has his eye and affection on you, and he will work and work and work to make all those promises come to pass just for you. Guys, you've learned a very valuable thing. Not only was your salvation paid for in advance, not only was heaven paid for in advance, but all those promises for the here and now, Jesus resurrected. He paid for them in advance, and He resurrected to make sure to see them through. So whatever it is that you might be holding out for, maybe it's the salvation of your family or your loved ones. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's just peace. Maybe things have been so chaotic. He has paid for in advance and has resurrected from the dead to see those things through just for you and just for me. We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Luke, one of the narratives of Jesus' life on earth. Luke's perspective emphasizes the human interactions that Jesus had, his time spent caring deeply for people, no matter who they were or what their story was. Jesus cares for you in the same way. He knows what your background is, but that hasn't changed his opinion of you. 
He just wants to get to know you and show you what unconditional love is. His grace is big enough to cover all of your sins, and He's offering you a new life today. We'd love to tell you more, so please give us a call. We'll share how Jesus can impact your life forever and what steps you can take to begin a relationship with Him. Our phone number is 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved with a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we'd love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for more from Luke right here on The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands and together we stand together.